Listening to the flip side with Noah Philippiad, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grid of life. You can support the podcast and pick up some sweet flip side swag at www.patreon.com slash Noah Philippiad. What is up, Flip Upon Am I? Welcome to episode 83 of the Flipside Podcast. 83 episodes. We are getting up there. This episode, like all Flipside episodes, is brought to you by Angry Brew which I have inside my third favorite podcast is the Flipside Mug. Head over to angrybrew.com. Uh, pick up, I'm going to say beyondthebattle.net. You will not get Angry Brew there. Uh, angrybrew.com, fivelakes.com, and pick up yourself some Angry Brew or Chris's Blend, and you'll get yourself 10% off your order by using the promo code FLIP. And in doing so, you will support a great Christian company, get some sweet coffee, and well, it's not the coffee's not sweet. It's sweet in the 19. I grew up as a teenager in the 1990s. Sweet coffee, uh, some good coffee uh, that is uh, <laughs> uh, also supports the flip side with every of those purchases that you make. So thank you to those that are getting your coffee uh, from Angry Brew. Also shout out to Rick for being patron number 16. We're up to 16 patrons. We just celebrated our 15 patron milestone. I had the horseshoe mustache for a week and I preached in it. You can go to youtube.com slash Noah to watch these episodes and to see uh, the amazing nasty stash in action there as well. Still looking for suggestions of what to do once we get to 25 patrons. Uh, why we're doing Patreon? It's to make the podcast sustainable. I just did a several months sabbatical, had too much on my plate, removed some things, and tried to make life sustainable. And one of the takeaways was uh, needing to make the flip side sustainable financially so that it can be a viable part-time income for me as I am uh, part-time at my church plant by choice to give me the availability to do things like this. So thank you to Rick for helping making that uh, goal a reality. We're trying to get to 25 as our next goal. Uh, so far, some suggestions have been to dye my hair pink, uh, it, to, do, to grow out an actual handlebar mustache, which is when you grow it out long here and wax it up into the little Raleigh fingers, uh, curly cues on the ends. Uh, another one is uh, the mullet for a week. That'll be reserved for 100 if we ever get there. That was given by Seth, one of the self-identified flipped off listeners. So thank you. Uh, thank you, Seth. And yeah, oh, or a fitness challenge of some kind. So if you have uh, suggestions or want to vote for one of those, go on to uh, social media or to the YouTube page and leave a comment there. Uh, if you want to become a patron and help us get to our goal of 25, you can do that at patreon.com slash noahphilippiak, patreon.com slash noahphilippiak. You'll get yourself some sweet swag like this mug. If your third favorite podcast is The Flip Side, then uh, you can represent with a mug. You can also send in questions of things you want to hear on the air. Just had a patron send one in that I am efforting to get a guest for. Uh, you also can send in your comments about the episodes, and I will read those on the air. I have one of those right here from Janie, and she is referencing the Purity Culture episode that we just did, which was episode 81, Unpacking 
Purity Culture. And Janie says, appreciated the Purity Culture episode. I've also sensed the pendulum swing to being super accepting of any sexual activity and throwing the baby out uh, with the bathwater. Another thing I would add as a fallout from purity culture that I experienced is just a general lack of education about sex and biology at all. You probably did mention that, but it was definitely a gap in my own knowledge and education that would have been age appropriate for me to learn before I got married. The Christian school I went to growing up also did not do a good job in this area. And thanks again for the episode. I got to say, episode 81, purity culture, I was a little nervous about putting that one out there. There's just a lot of controversial stuff out in the the podcastosphere air about that right now and i just got a lot of positive response uh from that episode so check it out if you haven't already and janie thanks for that 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 feedback i know that was one of the things on sheila ray uh gregoire's um uh, blogs that i posted i didn't talk a lot about it on the episode but she mentions the the lack of education the lack of using real words and real terminology when it comes to uh you know educating christian teens about sex and so thanks for bringing that one up and just highly encourage you uh, listeners, if you missed that one, uh, to go back and, uh, and check that out. And that's part of the, pro- the journey that we're all on. You know, it's to, it's, to be, um, it's to look back at our past and to say, okay, what was messed up? What was missing? How can I heal from that? And how can we, you know, connect the reality of the gospel with the grid of life? Uh, that's the subtitle of this podcast. There's just some gritty things that are real and we need to deal with and we need to talk about. And so that's what we try to do uh, on the flip side. So Janie, thanks for listening and thanks for being a Patreon supporter. Uh, if you are a guy and you're looking for some community, you're looking for deeper friendships, you're looking for some accountability uh, and some connection, I just want to share briefly, I just got back uh, a week and a half ago from, I was in Yosemite National Park. And I guess, I guess I just got back a few days ago, really, a week ago, maybe. I don't know when it was. I lose track uh, of the, the time change and the, the flights and all that. Uh, but we were in Yosemite National Park for four days for our second uh, Beyond the Battle re- alumni retreat that we've done. And I just posted photos on Facebook and on Instagram. If you want to check those photos out, some videos. We did see a bear. Got some great video. That was pretty awesome. Uh, But man, I tell you, I was overwhelmed by God's beauty in creation at Yosemite, but also at the connections that he's making amongst the guys within the Beyond the Battle alumni community. And if you have not yet, uh, as a listener, gone through a beyondthebattle.net seven-week group, I highly recommend it. We're looking to launch some new groups very soon. Uh, Go to beyondthebattle.net and fill out a waiting list form. You'll tell us the days of the week that work best for you. And then uh, we will launch a group on that day for you. And then you get to enter in two. By the way, those groups are $100, which is very cheap uh, compared to what else is out there. Uh, and we do have scholarships as well. Uh, the alumni group itself is free. We meet twice a week on Zoom. And it's just a really encouraging place where uh, we are keeping each other growing deep in the Lord. And God is really blessing those friendships and relationships. And then we do these retreats and they're in person and it just takes those to the next level. So our next retreat is going to be in October. It's going to be in Holland, Michigan, and it's going to be right on the shores of Lake Michigan. And we highly recommend you get uh, you get involved in that. And the way to do that is, again, to get into a seven-week group, beyondthebattle.net, which you can go to now and uh, and get on that waiting list so we can launch some new groups for you here in the next 
uh, few weeks. We're always launching new groups. So whenever whenever you hear this, whether it's a year from now or now uh, or in the next few weeks, just sign up and we'll get you a group uh, and, and then get into that alumni community. All right, so for today's episode on episode 83, this uh, interview was previously recorded back in January. And so this right now, as I record this, is July uh, 2023, this interview with Alan Noble was recorded in January of 2023. University Press wanted me to wait to publish this until after his book uh, was released. Uh, the book is On Getting Out of Bed by Alan Noble, The Burden and Gift of Living. And it is now released. It is out there for, uh, for purchase. And I highly recommend you picking up a copy. And so now uh, we're publishing this episode. This book is really, really good. Uh, first of all, shout out. It's only like 100 pages. See that? See how thin it is? Uh, it's a book on, it's not just on depression, but if you struggle with depression, uh, discouragement, it, it's there. Uh, the, the book title is great title on getting out of bed. If you've ever struggled with getting out of bed, um, it talks about suffering, talks about suicide, it talks about life. And, and, for, uh, the, 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 what I really like about it is it's really honest and it's a really great companion book. So in the church, we're often uh, given these prosperity messages that if you're a Christian, you won't have any problems, you're not going to suffer, and that God is the fix for everything. So you feel down, you feel depressed, God will fix that. And then what happens when God doesn't fix that? What happens when the fix isn't there and you tried the God way? What do you do then? Uh, the book's just really honest about those types of questions. And I, th it, it really helps you feel like you are not alone. And, uh, and so I highly recommend you check it out. And I hope that this interview is also encouraging to you. And uh, after listening to this episode, if you haven't already, check out episode 62 of The Flip Side, which is my story with depression. And I think that will be encouraging to you as well. So let me read Alan's, uh, what's it called? A bio to you quickly. And you can find Alan on Twitter at the Alan Noble, at the Alan Noble, I should say. Uh, his website is oallennoble.com. Uh, Dr. O. Alan Noble is Associate Professor of English at Oklahoma Baptist University and author of numerous books and articles. He's written for Christian publications such as Modern Reformation, In Touch Magazine, and Christianity Today, and secular publications like Vox, BuzzFeed, and The Atlantic. He's been interviewed, quoted, or cited in a number of major publications, including the New York Times, the Washington Post, MTV, MSNBC, The Guardian, BuzzFeed, Politico, Village Voice, Yahoo News, Think Progress, The Blaze, World Magazine, and Slate. That's, that's a lot. That's great. That's cool. <laughs> uh, without further ado, uh, oh, did I already say this? Uh, you'll notice things different in the video if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, we recorded this in the winter, so the lighting's different. I have a big puffy sweatshirt on. I even have a different microphone, so that's why. And then at the end of the interview, uh, at the end of the episode, we'll be back here in uh, in the summer, uh, July. So let's hop into this interview with Alan Noble, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Alan, thanks so much for joining the flip side. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, uh, your book is On Getting Out of Bed, and I read it. I really like it. Um, we we talk about depression uh, on the flip side now and again, just because of my my struggles with it. And I've tried to I've tried to normalize the subject the best I can. I feel like in the church, particularly, there's a big stigma. It's getting better, but it's still there. 
Uh, And there's a lot of pretending in the church. There's a lot of pretending uh, just like we've all got it all together. And you talk about some of that. So I just let me open it up to you and just kind of ask why you wrote the book and, and what you hope readers get out of it. Yeah, so I, um, there had been uh, a number of, when I was inspired to write this, um, there had been a number of, of suicides that I had, that mm-hmm. I had been um, aware of and uh, by Christians and that weighed heavily on me. And I started thinking a lot about, what motivates us to keep going? What motivates us to get out of bed in the morning? And um, wanted to come up with some some good answers. And sort of the premise, one of the things that I wanted us to think through is um, everybody at some point is going to have to have an answer for the question, why put up with suffering? Why why keep going? And that sounds a little bit morbid, morbid. Um, some people want to just say like, well, obviously life is great. Well, um, that's a great answer when you're, when things are going well, but, <laughs> but, but often, but for many people, there's going to come a time when, uh, they're going to need a deeper answer to that question. Why endure suffering? Um, and so I wanted to come up with some good answers for that, particularly for Christians from a Christian perspective. And so the main takeaway I want people to have is just the recognition that their life is a gift and a witness, regardless of if they feel that or not. And that's, that's really key because very often we, we don't feel it, or at least when we're in the midst of, of suffering, we don't feel like it's a gift and we don't feel like our life is a witness to something good. Um, But it is. And that witness speaks loudly to other people and inspires them to keep going as well. So, um, yeah, that was, that was the motivation. Just, um, just having, um, been aware of, of a number of, uh, of suicides by, by fellow believers and, yeah. and just that weighing heavily on me. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I've shared this with listeners before I've lost four, you know, friends, acquaintances to suicide in the last two years, and all four were Christians, and one of them was a pastor. And you know, I've uh, I've never attempted suicide, but I've shared with listeners uh, when I've had those thoughts, and um, never thought I would, never thought I'd be a person. I just, you know, thought, uh, you know, Damien. Uh, really, I probably for most of my life thought that was nothing Christians would ever even struggle with. Uh, and then, and then when, when you, when you end up, uh, in that place of, and a lot of the stuff you said rings so true, it's like, we, we know these truths that we, we believe about the goodness of creation. You talk about the beauty of creation and the gift that life is, and that we are God's beloved and he loves us. And then there's times when, and I'm not a psychologist, you know, medical professional, I don't, but I know in my own experience, there's like a line almost like like a water line and you your head goes below it and when your head goes below the water line it's just like being underwater and you just don't think straight you don't hear straight you don't comprehend things straight uh, i i wonder what advice you'd give to somebody who's who kind of knows some of these truths cognitively but they 
they they can't um it's not sinking in right now they're feeling so stuck that uh they they essentially don't believe that life is good or that god loves them anymore uh because their their mind is lying to them um maybe they realize that or not uh what what kind of advice would you give to somebody yeah i mean I, I guess I would say that one of the one of the things that's been most helpful for me is finding voices outside of my head that can yeah that can speak into that. So uh, I know it's you know it's a very flippant thing to say have really good friends because getting and keeping friends is difficult in the contemporary world. Um, but. Uh, I think in, in my experience, that's what's been so helpful is uh, is having good, close friends who can who can tell me, Alan, your your mind is lying to you right now mm-hmm. and you need to trust us. Um, and that's uncomfortable. That's weird uh, because we rely on our minds so thoroughly throughout the week, you know, throughout our lives. And, but, but there are times when we're going to have to just say, well, our, our perception of the world is flawed and somebody Mm -hmm. else has to tell me I have to be guided by somebody else. Um, There's a great, the, uh, the the Puritan theologian, Richard Baxter has a great passage. He's written extensively, he wrote extensively uh, on depression and one of the pieces of advice he gives is, look, when you're feeling sick, he just he describes it as a, a sickness. When you're sick, you you need to depend on the vision of other people. And uh, that's a great that's a great comfort to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about like I think for Christians, it's extra. It can be extra challenging where you talk about our our culture as all these techniques of how you can feel better you know and some of them are some of them are helpful some of them aren't but often god is used as the technique so you'll you know you go to church and here do this god thing and you'll feel better do this god thing and you'll have peace or you'll have joy or or whatever and you don't and you're trying to do the god thing and so uh, i we we're we still feel overwhelmed with failure uh, and we're doing the God thing and still feel overwhelmed with failure. It almost feels like it can be worse for a Christian in in, in that boat. Um, what what thoughts do you have on that for somebody that's that's struggling with that cycle right now? Yeah, I, I think that um, we need to remember that God is a God of grace. Hmm. And um, so uh, you're absolutely right that we can add it can be an added layer of guilt we can feel like gosh well and now i'm letting god down too um but you know our faith is filled with songs of lament Mm. and um our god is a god who understands lament and who understands suffering and so he wants us to come to him and rely on him and um he's not disappointed in our in our weakness but um his his strength is made manifest in our weakness so i think that you know that means we need to um uh, continually turn to him um not expecting or not demanding um or feeling let down when we don't have a miraculous healing 
right? But or and not turning God into a technique, but um, but turning to God as as a good Father uh, who desires good things for us, uh, because that's what He is. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. There's that 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 pressure to treat um, to treat our suffering as as a as a or to treat God as a technique in the midst of our suffering. And there are lots of you know sometimes we'll have you know false counselor friends like Job, you know, mm-hmm. who who just tell us, well, just repent or just have joy, and then the problem will be solved. It's like, well, that's a great <laughs> if it were if it were only that simple, yeah, then I wouldn't have all this suffering. But um, um, so we need to have grace for them too, I think, because I'll, I'll, and I think, I think that's important to note is that it's good to have grace for friends who don't know how to respond to suffering (laughs) because it's hard. It's hard to know what to say. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, I think some of the problem that I've experienced is in the church, we have that, um, I love how you start the book out. Like, I think one of your first lines is that there's, you're just going off. You're like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm making an assumption that I, I, I wrote it down in my notes here. Everyone experiences mental suffering at one point or another diagnosed and undiagnosed. And uh, you talked later about a unspoken conspiracy to ignore how difficult life is. And yeah. we hide our scars and um, there's this promise of the good life. And I feel like the church I really believe in vulnerability. I believe that if we believed in grace, we would be more vulnerable because we're like, hey, I believe in grace, which means I'm really messed up and I yeah. need grace. Like that's that's what that's what needing grace is. It's admitting that I'm I'm broken and I, I need help. Uh, and somehow it's like in the church, we believe that for salvation. But then after that, no, like you don't need it anymore. You're good. Like now don't admit that anything's go- is is going wrong. And um I think that's a real epidemic in the church and you hear a lot more sermons on, I mean, I guess like the prosperity message, you know, you hear a lot more, even in a subtle kind of a, in a conservative world, we have our own prosperity messages of um, maybe it's peace, maybe it's a sermon on anxiety and, and we should, we like, as if like Jesus will just kind of fix, fix everything. And so there's this pressure if anyone asks you how you're doing at church, you it's like you have to say good. You have to say fine. Uh, and so um, I like how how you start to uh, you you point out those flaws. You point out those those lies and and saying, um, look, everybody is in this this boat together. Yeah. And that's my experience when you talk to people one on one at a really yeah. deep down level. Uh, but when you're in a small group with somebody like a church, small group, or you're on a Sunday morning, it sure feels like everybody's life is really perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And, and sometimes there are good reasons. Sometimes, you know, um, it's certainly the case that people need to earn our trust before we open up to them. Um, and so that's, you know, that's appropriate, but, uh, this goes beyond that. This goes beyond that. Our our fear of of being vulnerable with each other, and like I say in the book, as you quoted, you know, that it it sort of amounts to this this conspiracy theory, to uh, in the in the sense that 
from the outside, we look at this and, and our perception is that really nobody else is suffering. It's just us. Um, but that's not the case. And um, so it's important for us to be vulnerable when we're, when we're in spaces where that's appropriate, mm-hmm. uh, because it does inspire and encourage other people to recognize that they're, they're not alone. And um, in my experience, that's those moments of vulnerability can be incredibly empowering to others. Yeah. And that's one of the themes of the book is this, this idea of, of witness um, that our lives are great witnesses to other people. And so uh, if we keep our suffering bottled up and we refuse to share it, then then it's not going to be a witness. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you said some great things about there's comfort in knowing I'm not the only one suffering this. I, I feel like Satan wants to get us to believe the lie that we're the only one that's struggling. And therefore I need to end my life or something. Cause it's, I'm the one with the problem. And if we, if we get honest and, and we get into community and we're like, Hey, there's actually a lot of people suffering suffering maybe um maybe there's another solution you know to this it's it's not just me uh man that that's really healing i feel like just in and of itself that's that's something uh, a lot of my work is with sexual sin sexual uh temptation kind of addiction recovery stuff and i feel like that's an that's an area too where satan wants you to believe you're the only man or woman that struggles with this thing and so don't tell anybody about it and what a weapon he that is uh, uh. If, he, if he gets us to to believe that lie and uh once we start being vulnerable and sharing and, and then we realize other people are struggling too we go oh i don't you just experience grace in a new way and yeah um just maybe a new perspective on your suffering where it's it's maybe not just stuck in here but you can see it from something that's um i don't know i think that kind of perspective helps a lot and you do a nice job of 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 bringing that thank out you. thank you yeah so yeah. i love the uh what you were just saying about the testimony right that in and a witness to other people how to uh, talk about that some more and just kind of how did you um yeah just that was a big part of the book and 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 super helpful um flesh that out a little bit more for listeners yeah so the idea is that um our very lives are testimonies. They're living witnesses to the goodness of creation, the goodness of God, his faithfulness, his love. And that's especially true when we're going through periods of suffering. When we choose to get out of bed um, and face the day, despite our internal torments, despite our afflictions, despite our fears or anxieties or depression, what we're doing is we're communicating to other people that life is good. Even when we're suffering, life is good. And we're communicating, you know, first of all, to those closest to us, but, but also to those who, 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 you know, people who don't even know us. When we choose to, to go and go through the day, We're saying to them, this life is good. This life is worth embracing. Um, And so, you know, it just 
it, it, it occurred to me that, you know, um, you know, the, the flip side is also true that, 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 uh, if we choose to give up on life, uh, yeah. it makes it easier for other people to give up too. That's huge. And, and that's, um, and I don't say that to guilt people or, but, uh, it's a heavy burden and it's not a burden that you or I chose to pick up, but it's one that we have. And I think we need to be serious and we need to be honest about it. That, you know, and that's part of the the theme of the book is just dealing honestly and openly and uh, with these, you know, with this, with this topic, um, which makes it a, you know, a tough read, but I, I think a, a hopeful read um, because if the, if the negative side is that, you know, giving up witnesses to other people that, that they should give up too. It testifies mm-hmm. to other people that, you know, the encouraging thing is that we can inspire people to endure and yeah. to keep going. And that's a burden that we have, but it's also a blessing um, because we might be in a place where we think our lives are meaningless and we're not doing anything, but, but we really are. We're really, we're really speaking volumes. And so that, that was the, um, that was the, that's the idea that's uh, really at the heart of the book. Yeah. Well, and uh, what you just said about the, the book itself, I, th- I find the book very comforting. So I, I, I will give Good. it a, 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 you know, endorsement there where I, I'm tired of, I'm tired of like these messages in the church um, or even in, in, and you talk about this too, like in the, in the medical field, it's kind of like, here's an easy fix. Uh, here's like, you know, some medicine and some therapy. I'm all for medicine. I'm all for therapy. Uh, right. but it can feel like here's an easy fix, kind of like you have a infection. So here's an antibiotic, you know? Right. Uh, and in the church, it just feels like here's some Bible verses, um, read your Bible more, pray more, you know, you'll feel better. The joy of the Lord. And I just kind of go, am I the only one? Am I the only one that's like struggling here still with, circumstances in life that where I'm stuck and they're not changing and, and my mind is kind of betraying me, you know, (laughs) because of that. Yeah. And so when I, when I read it, I, I certainly didn't feel like it was a downer. I felt like a relief. I felt, I felt relief like a companion. And I think that's all a lot. That's all I need sometimes is a, is a companion, you know, a companion that says, um, yeah, you're not alone. Yours. And, and, you know, here's some long haul, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint kind of solutions, um, to this. So I really appreciated the whole tone. I appreciated the authenticity. You weren't giving pat answers. You weren't giving two cent answers. Uh, man, that was good. So, good. so thank good. you for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that, that, that point about the medical community, it's, uh, it's a delicate, it's a delicate thing. Cause I do. Yeah. And I try to make that, I, I say that I think repeatedly through there that, yeah. that, you know, medication and therapy both incredibly valuable, yep. but, but there's also, you know, kind of the point I wanted to make is that there's a level, there's a kind of existential level to mental suffering where really the most fundamental thing is you and your choice. And you can get all these tools that are really helpful and meaningful, um, like medication and like therapy and like therapeutic tools. But ultimately, you're the one who has to decide. You're the one who has to decide to get up out of bed each morning. 
And it, it seems to me that um, as the stigma about mental health, uh, mental illness and mental health has, has decreased, which is awesome, which is very good. Um, there's been such a focus on the medical aspect that I think it obscures just the day-to-day experience mm-hmm. of suffering, which mm-hmm. is, can be helped by these medical, you know, uh, tools, but ultimately you and I have to decide to get out of bed. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I, I think that's, it's well said as far as these are, it's a lot of tools working together. You know, there's a lot of supplements that supplementary things that go, that, that go into this. And, um, and, and then there's, uh, yeah, I think you, so you do a nice job with that, uh, in, in, in the book and, and, uh, I, I like that piece of it too, the the balance of um, hey, these are really good and helpful things. And also like there's still a reality to this that's gonna be ongoing and that we need to, you as a reader, we need to figure out how to deal, you know, with that reality. Um I want to go back to like two two answers ago. I kind of changed the subject, but I, I want to go back to uh yeah, that idea that of the people are watching us and um if if uh, somebody that you mentioned um, we're literally saving lives by deciding to live, you know, this, uh, that, yeah, that, um, you know, you're a, a professor, your students are watching you, you have kids, they're watching you. You gave a great analogy, which again, lines up a lot with uh, my beyond the battle stuff. Like if, um, which is my book on sex and, purity and porn and all that stuff like if you decide to have an affair um that sends a message to your students it sends a message to your children yeah. and yeah. uh it, it sends a message that they'll they're always going to have that message in them it didn't just affect yeah. you it wasn't just a choice you made and now for yeah. all of them they're going to have doubts about their relationships uh, their marriages they're gonna that door's open now it's like wow if alan did that maybe maybe there's something to it you know yeah. And I think you were drawing it as a metaphor or analogy kind of to suicide. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of truth in that, too, with just just in and of itself, like choosing to stay married, choosing. And let's be honest, this is a lot of work I do. A lot of our depression comes out of uh, can come out of our marriages or our state of singleness, our relational status, you know, whatever it may be. So I I just found that to be a helpful tool. I found a lot of traction there for my feet of like, yeah, you know, we we think that or Satan, I think, wants us to think this choice will be better for you. And we forget that there's uh, dozens and even hundreds of people watching our lives and the choice we make is going to make that an option for them in the future. And that's, I, you use the word responsibility, which which I thought was like, wow, that's kind of a kind of a heavy word to give somebody yeah. that that's struggling yeah. with mental health but at the same time you go it's also it also is purpose and meaning which i think yeah. we often i think we often are missing purpose and meaning when we're struggling with suicide and when we're struggling with with uh mental health the 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 fiction book you kept referencing you have to remind me of it but the dad like his purpose and meaning was in i'm going to live to show my my son that life is worth living and that's huge, right? Like we, yeah. we so uh, maybe is there anything else you want to you want to say about that? I just really appreciated 
I thought that, you know, you said like, this is the one of the main points of the book. And I, and I thought that was really good, really life-changing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I thought about, um, and I use as an example that, that idea of having an affair, but it's, it's just, it's true about the nature of sin. Yeah. When we sin, it lowers the barrier for other people. It makes it more plausible, right? right? You know, um, if we steal, it becomes more plausible for other people to steal. If we commit sexual sin, it seems like, well, maybe that is an acceptable thing to do. And here again is one of these things where, you know, you and I didn't ask to become witnesses. We didn't ask, we didn't, we didn't say, Hey, everyone look at me yeah. and, and follow my model. But that's part of what it means to be a human being. That's it's just built into being in the world, which means that it is a responsibility, but it's also, as you said, you know, it's also this beautiful purpose. It, it also is a, a, a way that we can do good in the world and love other people by by accepting that responsibility, leaning into that responsibility, um, pursuing that responsibility and, and standing up and being strong. And we need strong people like that. And, um, so that, that's the, you know, that's the spirit behind that, that message, um, which as you point out is it's heavy responsibility is a heavy, it's a heavy word, especially for somebody suffering with mental illness. But like you say, uh, it also gives purpose and, and I also just wanted to be honest, right. You know, um, I, I don't want to add a burden to somebody with mental illness, uh, who's suffering right now, but, but I also want us to be honest about what our responsibilities are in the world, because, yeah. um, that's important. People are depending upon us. Mm. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's inspirational. You know, I, I think that's, that gives a reason to get out of bed, you know, and, and that's yeah. not just true of professors and pastors. It's not just true of parents. It's, it's true of everybody. I, I love how you said, you don't know who's watching you. You don't know yeah. who you're affecting. And it's something that will affect generations. It's going to, you'll, you'll be, you know, we'll be gone and there'll be generations behind us that are still uh, affected by by these choices that that we make and so uh i i i think we're all looking for meaning and purpose and and i think that really helps you know that helps um contribute to that so let me um let me kind of wrap up uh with this question and then i'll i'll I'll, uh also turn it over to you if there's anything else you want to add alan but you towards the end of the book you start uh well not maybe not start but towards the end of the book you talk about um well i wrote down identity and value because uh, you were talking about usefulness and in, the, in yeah. the world or the flesh and the, the devil, it's all about usefulness. And I love that you said uh, we have no use value. Like you put that in italics, use value to God. Um, we can't because there's nothing that he needs. And I really like that because I um, for, for my own for my own reasons. And then you, you go on and talk about um, his creation of you was gratuitous just because he loves you. And for his own good pleasure. And then you say the center of existence is not suffering, but grace, the grace of Christ. And I wonder if you could wrap up by just talking more about that. How is the center 
of our existence grace and and how does that play into our value and our identity maybe versus uh what the world is telling us we our value should be in so i think that if we take a step back and we consider all of creation itself um at the at the center is God's act of grace in creating and sustaining and preserving us moment by moment, uh, which is hard for us to wrap our minds around. But I think it's it's profoundly true that that's the center of our existence is this act of grace, by which I mean he he didn't need to create us, and he didn't and he doesn't need to sustain us. He's not under any obligation to do that. Um, and he doesn't, uh, he didn't need to do that for us. And he didn't need to do that for himself. Uh, it's gratuitous. It's just an act of pure pleasure. And mm-hmm. um, that means that dis- despite how profoundly we feel suffering, despite how profoundly we feel despair in in the moment um that's not actually the core of existence uh the core of existence is god's grace towards us um and it's hard to remember in those moments but you know hopefully that's part of what this book does is remind people because we need we need reminders. We need friends. We need works, uh, books, um, psalms that remind us, okay, actually at the core of our lives is God's grace for us, hmm. not our suffering. Um, so that's that's really the, the message there. Um, and really, you know, at the at the core of what inspired that book is is that vision of, of grace. I love it. That's beautiful. Yeah. I I think, um, you know, we, we, I'm a striver. I'm a, I was embedded with a merit-based love, you know, paradigm of God from a young age and man, that's hard to unlearn, you know, and, uh, praise God that he's doing that work in me. Um, but I, I, that's such a good reminder because he, he really doesn't need me, but he loves me. And, um, I, I, I got to think some of my issues with despair and such is, is when it, it comes down to, uh, you know, just feeling like you haven't done enough. And, and the, yeah. really the core of grace is you don't have to do anything, you know, right. <laughs> you just yeah. you rest, you, you rest and you, you believe and you have faith and you're safe, you know, through that. And, not just for eternity, but for your value, your identity, you know, your yeah. what, what makes you. And if you know that, you don't have to go find it elsewhere. Right. Yeah. And so what a great way to be reminded of that. I love that. I mean, you're you're it's like uh yeah, it's I, I love the angle you take on it. So thank you. Um yeah. You're welcome. Uh, let me turn it back over to you. Uh just in 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 wrapping up, I like to give you a chance if there's anything else you want to say to listeners. Uh, maybe potential readers of the book or maybe those struggling, just, I, I don't know, you know, whoever's out there. I love podcasts because you never know who's going to find this episode and how God uh-huh. will use it uh, in their <laughs> yeah. life um, in 2023 or maybe years from now. So just any, yeah. any last words that you want to share? 
Well, I just, I, you know, I, I hope that this book is something that's going to be encouraging to people. And I, you know, wrote it not as a memoir, not as a self-help book, not as a, it's not a professional help book. I'm not a medical professional, but I, I like to think of it as a, a long letter from a friend who cares about you. And so if you find yourself in a place of despair, um, and it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be profound despair, but just, just yeah. the struggle of life itself. Yep. Um, because this is, this is not a book about, not a book for only for those who have diagnosed or diagnosable mental illnesses. This is a book for humans. Um, that's my goal. And so if, if, if that describes you, if you're a human, I guess is what I'm yep. saying. Uh, or if you know humans, um, you know, I, I would encourage you to recommend it to them um, so that they can be nourished, so that they can be encouraged about the God of grace who loves them and who carries them when they can't um, can't walk, um, which is all of us at one point or mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, shout out that it's only 100 pages. So thank you for, for doing yes. that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I can't get out of bed. How am I going to read a 230 page book, you know, on that? So when, it, when this, yeah. I was like, let me just show a little video of that. I, I, I can do that right there. I can do that right there. So yeah, yeah. honestly, that's nice. You see like mentally, you're like, I can read this. This is good. I can do this. Yes. 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 So, thank good. you. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. All right, Alan. Thanks for uh, joining us on the flip side, man. And uh, the book's great. I'll be I'll be sharing it with folks and uh, just really appreciate it. So thank you. All right. Welcome back to July 2023. Uh, Take the sweatshirt off. Change the microphone out. This microphone has cat hair on it. Have you noticed that? Uh, I can see it. I can see it right there. It's the downside of having a, a really, really nice HD camera now on this new computer <laughs> and having cats. Hey, you know, I love cats and they definitely shed everywhere. So uh, I hope that that interview encouraged you. I encourage you to pick up a copy of On Getting Out of Bed from University Press by Alan Noble. You're not alone. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. I try to say that a lot on here. If you're struggling with depression, suicidal thoughts, just being down, uh, know that you're not alone. The, temp- the temptation or maybe the deception is a better word. The deception is you're the only one struggling with this. You know, the God fix is working for everybody but you. So you can't reach out and tell anybody about it. But the most important thing to do is to talk to somebody about it. Uh, feel free to reach out to me on social media if you just need a cheerleader, an encourager, uh, somebody that, that does understand that's not going to judge you. And I'd love to help encourage you to take some next steps uh, as well. Uh, Pick up a copy of On Getting Out of Bed. And uh, again, like I mentioned earlier, episode 62 of The Flip Side is my story when it comes to depression. encourage you to check that out. And hopefully that is also an encouragement to you. Uh, Head over to beyondthebattle.net. And if you're a guy, join one of our seven-week groups. Get into some awesome community. Speaking of not being alone, uh, that is a great way to not be alone. And I have connection and support and it is life transformational. So beyondthebattle.net, join the group, join the free alumni community, and it would be awesome to see you at one of our retreats. We're doing two retreats a year. The next one is gonna be in Holland, Michigan, right on Lake Michigan at the end of October. So highly encourage you to check that out. Thank you for listening to the flip side 
Shout out to our 16 patrons. Uh, really appreciate your support. And I will see you all next time on The Flip Side. The Flip Side with Noah Philippian is a Beyond Ministries production. Copyright Noah Philippian. www.noahphilippiak.com. Theme music by Kyle Lake at K Lake Music. Used with permission. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. It's time to bring me closer. There's no purgatory because you're in or you're out. When you see them in the clouds, then you know it's going down. Raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. And you